Hello, hello, hello. This is the Vanilla JavaScript Podcast. I'm Chris Ferdinandi. Thanks for joining me. Today, I'm talking about the ethics of the tools we use and who we let use the tools we make. Now, something I've been struggling with a lot lately is the ethics of the tools that we use versus their goodness, quote unquote, as tools to work with. Um, so, for example, Firefox is exceptional for CSS development, but Chrome has, for me anyways, some nice features that make it far better for JavaScript work. But I don't necessarily want to be part of Google's surveillance capitalism network anymore. Brave is a Chromium option, but its founder, Brandon Icke, who also created JavaScript itself, supported Proposition 8 in California to ban gay marriage. Um, Brave also collects money for content creators without informing them about it. Um, their website notes that your viewers who use the Brave browser may have contributed money to you while surfing the web through Brave Rewards. Simply sign up as a verified content creator on Brave Rewards to start collecting your contributions. That's really icky, right? Like they're collecting money for you on your behalf without telling you about it. And so, you know, their users are quote, giving you money, but like you don't know about it. That seems kind of seems kind of weird. Um, the new Edge browser is is based on Chromium 2, and it actually looks really good. It's basically like Google Chrome, but without Google, uh, Google spyware built in. Um, but Microsoft has a contract with uh, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, um, or ICE, uh, that they refuse to break. And so they're actively profiting from and supporting ICE's separation of immigrant parents and children, and like, I, do I want to be part of that? Um, you know, Microsoft also owns VS Code, which is a text editor that I recommend to all of my students because it's very good and it's completely free. Um, Microsoft owns GitHub. Should I stop using them? That would that would be a hard move for me. Um, GitHub is such an integral part of both my development experience and how I engage with the developer community. Um, from a browser perspective, Safari is very fast, but I find that. JavaScript dev tools um, in it are lacking way more severely than they are in Firefox. Um, you know, uh, like on the text editor front, I use Sublime. I know not everybody can swing a $70 text editor license. I don't expect every company I work for to fart rainbows, but there are some basic ethical lines that I'd like them to stay on the right side of. And, um, you know, like sucking up every ounce of people's data or actively working to separate parents and children, um, uh, those, those feel like the wrong side of that line pretty clearly for me. Um, and so I'm just not sure how to find that balance between using the best tools and not supporting things that I don't agree with. Um, and I, I really struggle with that. Do I settle, settle for a subpar experience? Do I resign myself to the notion that it's impossible to be 100% ethical in, in modern society? And just like, as a side note, this is a topic that gets explored pretty heavily in the TV show, The Good Place. Um, you know, kind of this idea that in a modern post-capitalist society, it's impossible to not kind of do something a little unethical or support rather something a little unethical. Not that you, you can't be ethical yourself, but every product you interact with probably has something unethical behind it somewhere along the line. Um, and so I just don't know what the right balance there is. Um, there's also this kind of emerging idea that the tools we make um, in, in an open source capacity um, can be used for things that you might not agree with. That's kind of the, 
the trade-off of fully open software. And for a long time, we just kind of accepted that as the way it has to be, that you know, I could make a plugin and it could be used for really cool things like an animal rescue organization that's being used to you know, save puppies and, and kitties from, from uh, animal shelters or from being euthanized. Um, in kind of like a more gray area for me, it could be used on a, um, like a, a pro-life site, you know, for example, when I happen to be pro-choice or vice versa, depending on what your kind of, your feelings are there, um, you know, or on like the really kind of dark side of things, something I make could be used for, um, for the work that ICE is doing, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, or by the KKK. And like, do I really want my code used that way? Um, there's a really interesting uh, project that just uh, that just came out. Um, it was built by um, Coraline Ada Emke, and I'm almost certainly mispronouncing her name. I'm so sorry about that, Coraline, if I am. Um, but she just uh, released the Hippocratic license over at firstdonoharm.dev. And it's a modified version of the MIT license, which I'm a really big fan of. Um, and it adds a stipulation um, in addition to the copyright notice being included that says the software can't be used by individuals, corporations, governments, or other groups for activities that actively and knowingly endanger, harm, or otherwise threaten the physical, mental, economic, or general well-being of individuals or groups um, in violation of the United Nations Universal Declaration of Human Rights. So. It's basically taking like the Hippocratic oath that doctors might have to follow and applying it to software development. And it's really, really interesting. Um, it rankles the feathers of pure open source license advocates because it is not 100% free. It, it deliberately puts in restrictions on how it can be used. But I kind of like it. And I'm thinking about using it on a lot of my open source projects. Now, it potentially runs into problems because, um, you know, things like MIT um, have kind of a, a, a history to them, a pedigree. So a lot of companies are just happy to use them, um, you know, even though uh, they don't, um, or, you know, they're happy to use them because, you know, they have a background to them. People understand the expectations around them there's less gray area. When you start doing stuff like, like this, like a new kind of license, it may be make your, your code less likely to actually be adopted because companies kind of balk at the idea of using it. There's also the idea that companies that are doing terrible things or, or individuals that are doing terrible things with your code potentially don't care what the license agreement on the code is in the first place. Um, but uh, I, I, do, I do kind of like like the idea of a license like this. And it ties into this idea of being a little bit more ethical with the things that we both consume and make. Um, and uh, yeah, so this is just something I've been thinking about a lot recently. I don't really have any clear kind of answers or directions here, but um, it's something that's been bouncing around in my head for a few days. And uh, I'd love to hear what you think about it, how you kind of navigate these waters if you found a way to successfully do so. Um, I am, I've, I've tried to, for example, switch to Firefox quite a few times, um, sometimes as long as a, a month. And there's some things I really love about it. Their developer team is super, super engaging online. They've listened to all my concerns. They've created tickets for me around some of this stuff. But, um, like right now, I don't necessarily want to sacrifice the goodness that I get from a Chromium browser. Um, and I, I don't know, maybe that, maybe that makes me a terrible person, um, 
I've just been struggling with it really hard. So anyways, that's um that's it for today. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic. So you know, feel free to jump over to gomakethings.com slash about and hit me up on Twitter or by email and, and let me know what you think about all this because I'd, I'd love to hear it. Um, so uh, just as an aside, if you, if you want to really master JavaScript, um, I would love for you to check out the Vanilla JS Academy. I just opened it back up for registration for next session. Uh, you can find that at vanillajsacademy.com. Um, the program starts on October 14th and it has been completely redesigned this year based on user feedback and my observations on how people learn best. So from now, um, uh, from now until October 14th, you can register, um, and uh, I think you're really going to enjoy it. Um, it's a it's a really interesting program this year. Uh, so head over to vanillajsacademy.com to learn more. And uh, till next time, see ya. Cheers.